Hello, my name is Nick Hatton, and welcome back to another episode of the PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. Now on that podcast, pastor and host, Brandon Briscoe, each week, speaks to other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. Here on this podcast, the PS Plus, we cover more focused topics in a series format. And right now we're moving through a series focused on the topic of biblical finance. This is our fourth episode in that series. So let's dive back into the Word of God right now and find out more about how it is that God desires for His people to be interacting with their money on a daily basis. In our last episode, a broad overview of biblical giving was covered after discussing God's promise to provide for all the needs of his believers. As it is written in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. With this promise, we covered how a believer is provided the opportunity to not live as a prisoner to their wants in this life, but rather they get to live freely, leveraging their finances, resources, and all other aspects of their lives for Jesus Christ, who lived and died for them. With this understanding, we then answered the question of how does a believer seek God and his righteousness first in their finances? And the simple answer to that question is that a believer chooses to earnestly prioritize him in their spending which can be done by way of biblical giving as it's outlined in Scripture. Now, of the several different ways that a Bible-believing Christian can take part in biblical giving, the most well-known and perhaps the most controversial for many is the tithe. So the remainder of this episode, we're going to be zooming in on this specific topic for the purpose of having a theological discussion to see what scripture really says about giving the first of our fruits back to the Lord. Now, if you ask a random person on the street, or maybe even a believer, what they know about the topic of the tithe, there's a good chance their response will be something along the lines of, well, that's how the church gets paid. Or perhaps the more pessimistic answer would be, well, that's how the church takes money from its members. So this response is likely fueled by a world conception based on the preconceived notion that the church is comparable to a corporation that seeks profit and long-term growth just like any other institution in our modern-day market economies, which are propelled forward in whatever service they provide based on the supply and demand for that service. Now for anyone who knows the truth of how true Bible-believing churches came to be established on earth, we know this preconceived notion to be incorrect. The truth being that the institution of the church, along with the Word of God and the Spirit of God, is one of the three things that Jesus replaced himself with to carry out his work until his return. The church is effectively what God uses since Jesus' ascension into heaven all the way until now, to carry out his ministry on earth. Now, the church wasn't always the tool used for carrying out his ministry. It was carried out differently by different different groups of people throughout the history of human life. 
But whether it was the church or some other format of carrying out his ministry, the principle of the tithe or the idea that God's people are always supposed to prioritize the Lord with the first of their fruits has always been present as long as God has been using his people to do work on earth. Many people, and Christians alike, connect the tithe to the Old Testament, the Mosaic or the Levitical law, as it was outlined by Moses to the Israelites, as a rule that they needed to live according to in order to be in right standings with God. And it's very true that the tithe was something that was outlined in the law of Moses as it was delivered to the Israelites. We see it all over the Old Testament. We can find it in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, which says this, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the land, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. We also see it in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 2, which reads this, That thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt put it in a basket, and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. And again, we see it in that same chapter, but in verse 10, which reads this, And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land, which thou, O Lord, hast given me, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. In addition to these verses, we see it in many other places as well, such as Nehemiah chapter 10, as newer generations of Israelites are being given an explanation of how the tithe worked and what it was for in reference to the law of Moses, because that is what they were going to begin living according to again. Now we learn a lot from these specific verses about what the tithe actually represents such as how it is an act of worship and how taking part in it was was and is a reminder for the people that everything that they had been profited was given to them by the Lord in the first place. So for a New Testament believer, that is someone who's living under the grace of Jesus Christ, spiritually and inspirationally, these references are very useful for us to glean from for spiritual understanding. There are some Christians, however, that would take the position which says that since the law and instruction for the tithe was given to us in the Mosaic law and not in the New Testament, and since Christ fulfilled the law of Moses through his sacrifice on our behalf, we are free from the law of the tithe. Some Christians choose to subscribe to this belief and therefore unsubscribe from taking part in the tithe. Now, it's absolutely true that we are not bound by the law of the tithe in the sense that our right relationship with God is not dependent on us doing anything that the law states because we live under the dispensation of the grace of Jesus Christ. So I would agree with them on that point. But Christians that take that position must choose to ignore or be unaware altogether of the fact that the principle of the tithe existed before the law of Moses was ever delivered to the Israelites. Not everyone is is completely aware of this, but it's true. In fact, the first tithe that we actually see in Scripture 
takes place in Genesis chapter 14, verse 20, where we read this, And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand, and he gave him tithes of all. In this verse, we see Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, who was the king and priest of Shalem, and therefore a representative of God on earth. Abraham in no way gave this tithe an obligation to a law he thought he needed to follow, but rather did this as a way of honoring the Most High God, which had prospered him the riches that he tithed from. I think it's also worth mentioning again that Melchizedek was both a king and a high priest, and in a very clear-cut way, a picture for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is both our king and high priest, of whom we tithe to, by way of the church in the modern day. It's almost as if the Lord wanted us to have a picture of what the tithe would look like in the church age. Now, this isn't the only tithe that we see take place prior to the law of Moses being delivered to the Israelites. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 22, we read this, And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So in this verse, we also see Jacob at Bethel make a vow to continue to take part in the tithe, which means tenth. To the Lord, long before the origination of the law of Moses as well. So while some may say we're not bound by the law of the tithe, as it was delivered to a group of God's people living under a completely different dispensation, what can't be ignored is that the principle of the tithe itself preceded the law entirely and had been understood as something that should be done willingly by God's people from the beginning. The outline for the tithe as it's laid out in the Law of Moses actually originated and was codified into the law based on how God's followers were taking part in the tithe prior to the Israelites ever being made captive in Egypt. And because the principle of the tithe itself existed prior to the law and is not replaced by any new doctrine in the New Testament, we are still to live according to it principally as God's people. The tithe is the number one way that God's people can be prioritizing the Lord and His righteousness in their spending and finances. And to make mention of my previous point about the world and even the church's preconceived notion about what the tithe is for, the tithe is not how the church takes money from its members, not in a Bible-believing church at least. The tithe is and always has been God's plan for the support of his earthly ministry. And in the age of which believers live today, God carries out his earthly ministry by way of the church. So we should cheerfully give, with our hearts set on seeing Jesus' ministry and mission for his followers take place. We should prioritize him in our spending, knowing full well that it is worshipful and honoring unto the Lord to give back from all of what he's given to us in the first place. And on that note, we're going to conclude this episode of PS Plus. Join us this next Monday for a brand new episode of The Postscript. 
and then every other Wednesday after that to keep up with this series on the topic of biblical finances, where in our next episode, we'll be looking into what scripture tells us about how we should be saving portions of the income that we bring in. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time. Take care.